0: Ooh. Live long and I prosper. Ah.
1: I was going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilu Dallas Multipass.
0: Shut up and take my money.
1: Buy Thar's hammer. <laughs> what a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks this spot.
0: Until he's coming. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen.
1: My whole Krimi's frog Your ties are cool. So say we all. This is a, a play on nerds.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 137, a very special, very merry, a play on nerds, merry holiday special.
1: (laughs) That's darn right.
0: And I'm one of your co-hosts, Steve. This other guy.
1: His name is Jarman. That's me.
0: And this is, I think, only our second episode of the main, a play on nerds podcast we've released this year.
1: Yeah. I have like folders on my computer for every year separated for each podcast. And there's only been this the second one this year. This crazy, yeah, crazy but we've year. We've been
0: busy doing other stuff. If you somehow haven't checked out the other stuff we've been doing, we've got new uh, podcast Muppet Trek. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. we review Trek, uh, the, the Muppet Show and Star Trek, the original series episodes side by side, comparing, contrasting and loving it.
1: We also have Real Opposition, which has only had two episodes so far with one in the but can. high
0: quality, so you got to wait for them. <laughs> yeah, they're
1: special. They're very special like the rest of our shows. And what other show do we have, Steve? And then
0: we've got the sappy crap podcast where German and I reminisce and tell stories about our lives and what we remember and clarify each other's memory.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's very accessible Nostalgic, to a wide audience.
0: Nostalgic, early 90s, early 2000s nonsense.
1: Living in Central Florida. Central Florida. Good times. It's a weird place, folks. Weird
0: education goes to take a nap.
1: Fifties <laughs> in this the country, something like it's that. It's just
0: warm down there. It's just always nap temperature
1: <laughs> Or wrestling crocodiles and alligators.
0: It is also always the temperature for wrestling crocodiles
1: and <laughs> alligators. I said I, add alligators because I know there's no crocodiles in Florida. Yeah no, no there alligators. are
0: there are crocodiles really? in Florida. Yes in Miami I think there's a small population if I remember I, I
1: had think. no idea. You learn something new every day, folks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but no they are not
1: common I don't believe so we're going to do a, a strange thing of update here instead of just what yeah, we've been doing this week.
0: Update. What have you been up to the last week?
1: <laughs> and by week, we mean entire lockdown. We are currently in the throes of a pandemic across the world. It's only gotten worse, uh, especially here in the U.S. And worse, especially where I live in Florida, where our governor has taken no precautions. So we are uh, in at record high numbers now, um, even though it's like, what, nine months into this pandemic? Oh, yeah. So uh, I just want to ask Steve, uh, what, during this whole lockdown, what have you been doing, you and your wife and the family to keep sane? What have you been doing? Uh,
0: well, Anna and I uh, went ahead and had a baby. Mm. So that uh, I think has helped. It's at least kept us busy, I think would be the optimal word.
1: And I guess you wouldn't be leaving home normally with a baby anyway, so.
0: No, that's true. Well, the nice thing, thing is, is that I've been able to be home for much more than I would if I was going into work. So it's had that added side benefit.
1: That's true. You get to be there at the base. The only
0: good thing to come from this terrible virus.
1: Ugh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
0: Um, And then also just playing a lot more like Dungeons and Dragons and RPGs and remote games and one shots and just fitting in games where I can. That, that makes, makes a lot of a sense. Little.
1: Yeah, fortunately for me, I basically started dating my current girlfriend right before this pandemic hit, so we've kind of been in our wonderful honeymoon phase of a year, our first year together, but during a crazy pandemic, so a lot of time just cuddled up on the couch watching a lot of Netflix, and um, I also was cast in two plays before the pandemic hit, and I'm now Performing those plays, finally, they've delayed them until they get proper COVID restrictions to put on the plays. So we're in mass right. on stage and we have social distancing and the audience comes in and wears masks and they're six feet apart from each other. So and thankfully, over this past nine months, this theater company, once they figured it out, they haven't had a single case of uh, COVID infection amongst all their actors and audience members. So that's pretty good so far. <laughs> but this is the last right. one. And I'm not going to do another one until the, the pandemic's over. and We have everyone's a vaccine because it doesn't feel safe anymore. So. Um,
0: well, you and I need to try to play something together. I know our schedules differ due to time differences. But oh yeah, like a video game shot.
1: Oh, even if it's a one shot. Oh, you, you mean a D and D game? Okay, I see. Not
0: even D and D, but you know, a nice fun honey heist or dungeon world or an ICRPG or. Oh yeah, you know, one one of the two games I've written. Well, yeah. When, know, I say, when I say
1: when I say D and D, it's just like a blanket term for all yeah, tabletop RPGs. But we should be but specific. It comes with so much stuff. That's true.
0: That's the thing for a one shot. You don't want a game that has a bunch of stuff.
1: Stuff. You want to r- get in there and get out real quick. That's right. We're busy people. <laughs> uh, one
0: of my other mechanisms, and I just started this recently, uh, was inspired by one of our longtime listeners, actually. Oh. Uh, Daniel Hitch, mm-hmm. one of our listeners from the UK. Uh, him and I are Facebook buddies now. And he put up, he did some, like, walking challenge that had a clever name. Oh. And he got some, like, he walked like a, a million, billion kilometers. That's or right. To measuring in
1: kangaroo feet or whatever.
0: <laughs> that's terrible. I know it's
1: meters, guys. I think, I know. I think they measure in biscuits. <laughs> <That's> how-
0: <laughs> I know it's
1: meters. I think it's crumpets. Um, yeah.
0: I don't know what it was, but I was like, oh, that's cool. I should find like a walking challenge like that. And then I thought to myself again, hey, someone just made that up. I can make something up. <laughs> So I made up my own walking challenge. Now I'm doing it.
1: Yeah. And Dan Hitch, I saw his progress, lost a lot of weight doing that kind of thing. So just right. kind of one step at a time, kind of, you don't have to be running every day. Just make sure you're getting out there and being active. So, so uh,
0: the, the challenge I came up with, I'm calling the proclaimers challenge. Oh, uh, cause first I'm going to walk 500 miles <laughs> and then I'm going to walk 500 more. Oh boy. <laughs> and then I'm going to walk a thousand miles. And presumably fall down at my door.
1: <laughs> Probably will fall down at your door after that. So
0: far, I'm 18 days in and I've walked 60 miles.
1: Nice. You're well on your way to the first 500. That's right. I'm, I'm a, over 10% of the
0: way there. Very nice. So, yeah, I was like, I just thought like, man, I could just make a challenge up. <laughs> I don't need some person somewhere to make something up. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Daniel Hitch.
1: Very nice. Very nice. Well, I thought I will say with this pandemic, I definitely just miss seeing people. But podcasting yeah. has been great. Uh, uh, video games have been great. I meet up with my buddy Patrick every Sunday. We play some video games every Sunday, and just making sure I've have-
0: released more episodes this year than maybe even in our like than in our first year. Yeah, because when you have I the
1: the world to go out to, you have more to do, and so we're stuck at home. We have more time for podcasting, so it's great. We hope you guys That's are enjoying great. it.
0: So, Jarman, does that get us back to some old-fashioned nerd news? Oh, I think it does.
1: It's time for Nerdy News. (laughs) Damn right. So, a lot of podcasts have been talking about how there's no... uh, pop culture news because everything's coming shut down but just recently what were you going to say steve it's true hey,
0: disney loaded a shotgun and just <laughs> pumped us all full of pop culture news
1: like way too much only a couple of days ago
0: in one was it like a shareholders announcement or i don't even know what it was what the event was but disney just gave everyone a huge glimpse at its future for animation and pixar and marvel and star wars and these incredible. Incredible aliens got to check in. Like there are just these incredible franchises they now own.
1: They have too many. It's way too many.
0: <laughs> it's insane this list. Um, and we're going to cover some of the ones that kind of excite us the most because there's too many to talk about them all.
1: I might be talking about more than you because I'm excited about more than you are.
0: <laughs> I've got a good amount for the Marvel and the Star Wars. That's I didn't true. Really look at much else. There's a, an Alien series coming to FXX or something. FFX.
1: and Hulu, yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's happening. But uh first we'll talk about some Marvel TV. How about that? Um, I don't know which ones are on TV or not, so I just have a big list. Well, that's fine. We can break it up that way. Go for it.
0: WandaVision.
1: WandaVision.
0: What the hell is this show?
1: So if you guys watch the trailer, it shows that now we see suddenly Vision and uh Wanda, uh Scarlet Witch, uh suddenly in like a 50s TV show, then it becomes like a 70s TV show and, and an Black TV and show. white
0: to color and retro. Yeah, groovy
1: patterns. So I think it's, it's kind of it could be a thing playing on her mind. She's creating a reality where Vision's still alive and maybe she uses a, a certain soul stone or a reality stone to do so and messes it traps her somewhere. But it looks fascinating and beautiful visual. I've got
0: a feeling that that most of what we have seen is from like the first episode.
1: Yeah, that is well. I think some of it might be farther along when they start unraveling and seeing people are starting to realize that they're on television or that their maybe, reality I don't, isn't real.
0: I don't think what we are watching is the premise for the entire season.
1: No, that's that's true. I don't believe that. That's that's true. Uh, but it's
0: still excited to see whatever the hell it is. Uh, next up, I've got. Oh Falcon wait, hold on. I have to oh, stop what?
1: you right there. Because oh, no. the idea of the whole name of the show is Wandavision, so maybe it is the premise for the whole show that she's like trapped in television type style. Uh, i I don't because i didn't realize the name of the show maybe but there would have to be
0: context for that that's interesting they've got a whole if they have a whole season to set it up they can do whatever that's true it's possible
1: anyways sorry to cut you off
0: uh falcon and winter soldier i've got this one in the who cares category me too i wish i cared All of the stuff they showed this was like the least exciting somehow
1: Well, also, everyone always was crazy about the second uh, Captain America movie with is focused mostly on Winter Soldier. What was that one called? The I think it was called Uh, Captain America, the Winter Winter Soldier. Soldier. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, that's (laughs) one of the best Marvel films of all time. Like, I thought it was boring. I didn't care. I don't care about the Winter Soldier. I just don't. I don't know. And Falcon Um, was always like fun, but it's like these they pick two uninteresting characters and put them together and show. I still don't care. So I agree with you. It's
0: uh, Loki. Looks interesting, time traveling, shenanigans, him finally paying penance for all his wrongdoing.
1: The best part that hooked me, because I was like, this looks all right. But then they show that he is um, the guy who jumps in the plane. Um, What's his name? Oh, come on. The Cooper, uh, D.B. Cooper. Uh, Did you catch that at the end? He jumps out of the plane and he's in the 60s and he's in a 60s suit. Looks just like D.B. Cooper's picture or the drawing they have of him. Jumps in the plane. All this money goes flying. And I was like, "Oh my God, they're making it so Loki was actually DB Cooper." I mean, like, that is, because I'm, I love that story. It's, it's fascinating. So, I, and also Owen Wilson playing some snarky like time cop kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, but like a bureaucrat desk. desk yeah. Tracking. So I, I'm down for that show. That show looks interesting.
0: Um, what if an animated series that's going to be like short run, single episode kind of crazy scenarios in the Marvel universe? And that's fun. I like because,
1: that. Yeah, that was a good comic book series actually. So that that's could be very interesting.
0: A Hawkeye show that we knew was coming confirms Haley Haley Steinfeld, which kind of this whole event reeked of of like look at all these stars we're getting a ton of stars to come do television, which is
1: surprising. People that you
0: that that you think would not come, like Haley Steinfeld, is like in the peak of her career and she's coming back
1: to television to television. But all
0: it's proving is that we're just entering a different era.
1: Be, I think also the pandemic probably pushed a lot of these shows forward even faster than they would have been because um, it's easier to produce television, perhaps, than it would be to make these big budget well, movies. And I'm sure
0: it's also appealing because Disney likes to sign these multi-deal contracts. I'm sure it's appealing to these stars in these uncertain times to get signed up for a 5
1: season deal. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> or a, a guaranteed three-season. Right, right, right. And they have the Disney money to throw at them, so they can just, you oh, know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
0: Um, So so I think she represents a bigger message from this event, which was like, look at all this.
1: That's true. And also, he doesn't have enough star power to carry that show on his own. I don't think he does. So having her in there will bring in a younger audience Um, because she's really popular from the the movie she was in about the singing. Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect. She was
0: great in Bumblebee and Mm -hmm. that high school movie she was in where she was real
1: awkward. Because otherwise, I could care less about Hawkeye. I just don't.
0: Secret Invasion show with Nick Fury and the shape changey guy,
1: Ben Mendelsohn, little, yeah. You know,
0: Marvel Ironheart, the continuation of Iron Man with Riri Williams and as I remember it correctly, I called this like 3 years ago on an episode of
1: Play on Nerds. You might have, but she's not been in any movies or anything, that character, right? I don't know.
0: But I talked about like, you know, the the young like woman of color prodigy tech wizard
1: yeah, because she's, she's a comic book character. She's been there for yeah, a while. Yeah, at
0: that time, she was like this fresh comic book character.
1: That's true. Um, She-Hulk with Tatiana Maslany, uh, which I'm really excited about because I loved Orphan Black that Tatiana Maslany was on. She's an amazing actress, adorable as hell, and just like she can play any character. And so I don't know. I'm I'm assuming they're going to do CGI for her She-Hulk, um, just like they did with regular Hulk. But Oh,
0: yes. Yes, yes,
1: yes. But they also have guest appearances by Mark Ruffalo. But the reason they might not go full CGI is because she Hulk can talk and she's like a normal talking person. But I guess with deep fake technology well, th- now, they don't, that doesn't matter. They could just do that.
0: Yeah. But I think what they'll do is they'll make it the more Mark Ruffalo Hulk, because even the Hulk in this most recent Avengers film was a smaller, less brutal, less bulging Hulk.
1: And he could talk yeah, on that one. So that's true. Yeah. And It looked like Mark Ruffalo in the face. Uh,
0: Thor Love and Thunder adds Christian Bale as the villain.
1: Yes, and actually the co-star of that who plays Valkyrie, she gave that away like almost a year ago. And mm. no one no one thought any of it because she just said it once uh, and Emma everyone Thompson. thought it was...
0: Y- Is that her name? No.
1: No, uh Tessa Tessa Thompson. Tessa right?
0: Tessa Thompson. There we go. Yeah, yeah.
1: Tessa Thompson. And then so I, they didn't realize that she was actually right and he was the so yeah, they officially announced it. But Christian Bale, man, he's intense, so uh
0: Black Panther two, they've announced that they are not recasting.
1: T'Challa, yeah.
0: They are letting him go. They are writing him out in some, hopefully, not even hopefully, they will write him out in a respectful way.
1: And, you know, I saw someone posting today, um, uh, some black voices are coming out saying they think it's crazy they don't recast him, uh, which I didn't understand at first. But then they're like, well, every other white superhero gets recasted immediately if something happens, whereas we're not going to recast the Black Panther. But the examples they gave, it was always that they get recasted when the series reboots.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, the series reboots, but, like, in the current MCU, you're talking about, like, a few examples. Mark Ruffalo recast, but then also Don Cheadle.
1: Yeah, Don Cheadle got recast, was from, uh, what's-his-face, the wife-beater. Terrence
0: Williams? Yeah. Terrence Howard? Terrence, Terrence Howard, Howard. yeah.
1: Um, so, so, yeah. yeah
0: I, I, I don't quite get that example, but maybe. I, I just, I would rather them do something respectful and move the character along. You know, hand it off to like the, the actress that plays the
1: sister Shuri. Yeah. Whatever. Shuri.
0: And I think in at least one of the comic book lines, she does become the Black Panther. So it's just perfect. So, you know, yeah. And I think, I think folks
1: would be pissed if you recast them or if you don't recast them. So there's no pleasing anybody yeah.
0: um, um, up next. Fantastic four. And here's my note, dear God, someone do something with it already <laughs> or take it out back and put it down. It deserves better than this.
1: I think it should finally be the good one, because Marvel has really done no serious wrongs in our past. So. Please.
0: You're just shooting it again and again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's trying to limp away and find somewhere to die. And you keep <laughs> pulling it out.
1: That's so sad.
0: Please, just fix it or put it down.
1: If anyone can fix it, Marvel Studios can. Please. They want uh, What's-His-Face from The Office to be uh, Mr. Fantastic. That's right. And then his wife, Emily Blunt, to be the Invisible be Woman. That'd, which I, be hot. that'd be great, because they're already married in real life, and it'd be a good combination there. Um, um, something you skipped over, though, as well, I maybe you didn't. Maybe we're still getting to it, but uh, Moon Knight with Oscar Isaac, another TV uh, I series. They
0: didn't actually confirm him, I don't think. Really? Yeah. Oh, I could have sworn I think them. it's a heavy rumor, but I don't think anything was actually confirmed. Maybe I could have, it could just be that a contract's not signed or something.
1: It's not completely it final yet. That. Yeah. But I think it's pretty close to final because a lot of sources are saying that's just happening. But, uh, and moon Knight's supposed to be a weird kind of almost like magic based, um, Batman type style person. So who
0: talks to gods and is like real sassy. And yeah. The third wall a lot. The fourth wall. Yeah.
1: And then also we have Ms. Marvel, which will be another TV show, not a movie, uh, with Kamala Khan, who's the new, very popular comic character who kind of replaces, um, not replaces Captain Marvel, but Captain Marvel 2 will have her in it showing how Kamala Khan gets her powers and then she'll yeah, have the, the TV series. Um, and then we have the, I am Groot animated short films, which I think is good that it wasn't a full TV show. It's like, that's way too much. Just so a short film is fine. <laughs> Some short films. With I am Groot. um, What else do we have here? Uh, Uh, I've got
0: the Eternals. Oh, yeah. I'm really probably the most excited about, but they have really, really played everything very close to the chest because this is like I think the Eternals is like the next big Thanos reveal overarching thing that's going to take an entire MCU season.
1: Well, I don't know, because the weird thing is it just leads me into Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is going to quantum mania. It's called. Um, The new next movie is having Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror, which I'd heard of Kang the Conqueror, but I didn't know much about him. So I went down a Wikipedia deep dive and Kang the Conqueror is like an epic cosmic level time entity eventually um, who has a huge influence on the Marvel universe and comics. So I'm like, maybe he's the next Thanos. So I don't know. Like, I don't know where they're going to go with, you know, tier four and five of these films, but it also has to be tied into these crazy multiverse things they're bringing in with uh, Spider-Man Three and
0: Spider-Man, and they're s- securing Andrew Garfield and Willem Dafoe, and <laughs> uh,
1: oh my God, Doctor Rock, Doc Ock is coming back. Yeah, um, Jamie um, Foxx is coming back as Shock uh, Shockwave. What is his name? I don't know. I
0: mean, of all the ones I care about, that's
1: not one. No. <laughs> but apparently, Doctor Strange. I hope they get
0: Topher Grace back because what's he doing? N- not much. They got the guy who played Sandman. He's coming back,
1: apparently. Oh, really? I didn't know about that one. Yeah. Uh, Frodo is going to be back for uh, uh, this role. Yeah, it's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is going to tie in to both WandaVision and Spider-Man 3, which leads me to believe that WandaVision and Spider-Man 3 are are all heavily involved with this multiverse business that's happening. Yeah. which is where all these movies are going. Even the DCEU is going to these multiverse things. So they can have more Batmans, more Jokers, everybody be tied in the same universe. So it's kind of becoming confusing and a lot to handle. <laughs> um,
0: all right. So anything left in Marvel? No, that's all I got. Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. More Mando season three confirmed. Yeah. Right. Like who the hell would cancel Mando?
1: Yeah. It's like the most popular uh, thing. On not Plus. one,
0: but two spinoffs from Mando. Yep. Uh, Ahsoka. With Rosario Dawson just signing up for that sweet Disney paycheck. (laughs) And Rangers of the New Republic, Mm -hmm. which I think we got a glimpse of. I think it's like the TIE Fighters as they go and help to stabilize unstable systems and that kind of stuff.
1: Well, I think the idea, too, was that... um... What's her face for Mandalorian, the the real buff chick? Oh,
0: what's her face? Uh, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember her name.
1: She was going to be starring in the Rangers of New Public, but she's been recently been slammed because she's had slightly transphobic and very right wing Republican views. And she's on parlor now and all this stuff. And so that's nothing against that, you know, her views, whatever. But then, you know, Disney doesn't want to be associated with someone that politically unpopular. So they might not make her the star of that show anymore. But
0: Um, Obi-Wan show. Mm-hmm. Which people have been clamoring about for a freaking five years uh andor a prequel to Rogue one following a character that I just don't care
1: oh Diego Luna's I like character Rogue
0: one and Diego Luna's character. Cassie and Andor was like I just did not care
1: oh you forgot about obi wan the show Hayden Christensen will be back as Darth Vader somehow in that show somehow yep that's what they said so that'll be interesting uh, we got um, The Acolyte, which is a series set during the High Republic, which I think everyone had been clamoring for as well. Like true like Star Wars fans were like, where's the High Republic shows? Um, I think
0: it could be their answer to to something on the scale of like a Game of Thrones.
1: It very well could be. And it's strangely directed by the director of Russian Doll, which is a great series on Netflix, but very modern, very um, not very, you know, over the top sets or. Or uh, what do you call it? Cinematography. So I'm wondering why they picked that director to do that series. But I don't know, because feels like a very pretty, very, like you said, Game of Thrones style show. Yeah. And having just a weird modern director. I don't know. It's strange. Very weird.
0: Uh, the Bad Batch, an animated series about a, a bunch of clone soldiers who are like slightly different from the others. <laughs>
1: which just could be interesting.
0: And right now the theory is that the chips that are used to commit order 66 don't work with them. And so they end up not following the orders and being hunted themselves.
1: Oh, like the order 66 to kill all Jedi.
0: Right. That doesn't work on them and they turn against.
1: Oh yeah. That's the theory. Who knows? Kid series or not? You think
0: it's somewhere in the middle. Okay. I think appeal to both Uh, Lando and if they're small smart, they'll get both old Lando and young Lando. Oh yeah. If they're real smart, they'll get Billy D Williams sitting in a cantina telling stories about he, when he was a young like smuggler and star runner. <laughs> and then cut to to Donald Glover
1: pulling it Every off.
0: Time. And just and just get them both in there and just 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 jerk off fans on both sides.
1: <laughs> well, what have we here? Some blue milk. Forty five. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, what have we here? Nice fat Disney check.
1: I'll take it. <laughs> and we have Star Wars Visions, which is a anime series, uh, which I know nothing about. And that's where that lies. And Rogue <laughs> Squadron. Yes. A show or movie. I don't remember. It's a movie. This one. Um, which I don't know.
0: I like the games. I guess I'm excited for a show about
1: it. Well, yeah, a lot of people have been clamoring for that for 20 years, having a, a movie just about the Rogue Squadron because they loved all the Red Leader 2, 4, Blue Leader 5. And uh, so Patty Jenkins, the director of Wonder Woman, is going to be directing that one. So could be interesting. That one could be a lot of fun. Just a good okay. act, action romp. No, no Jedi involved, you know, no magic. Right.
0: And you said you have some other stuff from more animated based stuff, right?
1: Well, also, before we go to that, of Star Wars, oh, we son have of a bitch. Thank one so much. There's an, an untitled Taika Watiti Star Wars movie happening. That's all we know. But that's exciting because everything he's done has been fantastic. Um, and I want to mention that there's so few uh, movies compared to TV. Once again, with the Marvel and with Star Wars. There's just so much more TV announced than there are movies, which is a big change from the past. But it's just the way the world uh, is
0: an entire shift. I. It's just the way the world is now.
1: Yep. And they also introduced uh, from while we're on Lucasfilm stuff, uh, Indiana Jones, five uh, geriatric, geriatric edition. Uh, and Willow <laughs> is
0: getting a that's series right. with Ward Davis.
1: I'm excited about Willow for sure, because I love me some Willow. There
0: are there, are, I think, two or three books in a series that take place after Willow. The, mm-hmm. the movie. Uh, and there, I read the, the basic plot and it's insane. And, but it takes place like right after the events or a year after the events. So they would have to do major adjustments.
1: Okay. Like major adjustments to use it from the timeline. Everyone's like 25 years older. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or more.
1: <laughs> so yeah, for Disney animation, we have Baymax with an explanation point, which is a new series coming uh, from the big hero six universe. Uh, also unnecessary. We have Zootopia plus on Disney plus mm. facepalm. Uh, we have, uh, Tiana princess and the frog series that no one asked for. And okay. then we have Moana, a musical series, which I think everyone would probably ask for. Cause
0: yeah, my girl go nuts.
1: Yeah. People love Moana. So, but Tiana has, it wasn't really the most popular movie. It was groundbreaking because it finally had a princess of color, which is great, but it wasn't one of the most loved films out there, but Moana, everyone's fucking crazy over, um, Pixar, we have Doug Days, which is a series based off of the dog from Up. That's right. Just Great. based off the dog. The and talking dog, everyone. <laughs> and they're making a TV series based off the Cars from the Cars movies. Another okay. thing no one asked for. But this one seems pretty cool. We have Lightyear, which is a, a Buzz Lightyear origin movie, which is voiced With- by Chris Evans. Chris Evans. So weird. Well, I think they are. They think what's his face is toxic because he's a trumper now too. Um,
0: and it's him in, um, him as like as Buzz Lightyear, like the origin story of Buzz
1: Lightyear. Well, I think it's still animated though, isn't it? It's still Pixar. Oh so. yeah, but
0: it'll be grittier and, and more realistic. I think okay. not grittier, darker than you know normal Pixar. <laughs> I guess so. You've got it. I hope it's still Randy Newman though. And <laughs> Buzz Light is going to show all the gonna have Bud like you gonna train so hard day and night gonna, gonna put on my armor make it
1: shiny and bright gonna fly for the stars <laughs> reach for the sky but like you're gonna make his origin happen okay <laughs> we have to... terrible terrible but like you mentioned in the beginning there um the Alien series that's coming is pretty exciting because it's uh, the showrunner who did Fargo and Legion, which are very well reviewed critical yeah. shows, and Noah Hawley, who was going to do a Star Trek movie and that never went through. So
0: I will, I will take a good Alien show after all the just terrible stuff that's been thrown at that franchise.
1: Oh yeah, me too. They need some kind of redemption.
0: Oh yeah. All right. So before we get into our main event, our uh, discussion and review of Krampus, the new holiday classic. Uh, I've got a reason for the season that was inspired uh, by something specific to me this year. Hmm. So a buddy of mine Chris whose family his him and his wife are from Sweden uh are in the states and typically for Christmas would either go back to Sweden for an extended period of time or his family would come here. And part of Swedish Christmas is this character called Yule Tomten. Hmm coming uh, and it's typically like the oldest male relative in the family gets dressed up as this character Tom Ten and comes on Christmas Eve to ask if there are any good children and give gifts to the kids
1: <laughs> like Santa
0: Claus right so, yes uh, um, ish so Chris uh, because they can't travel and their family can't travel here has asked me to do this oh or has and asked me to be Yule 10. So I may or may not have invested in a very elaborate Santa Claus costume. <laughs> I may or may not have. I'm not going to say whether I did. <laughs> um, and I got ready to be Yule Tom 10. So I started doing research and that led me down this sort of like, where's all this St. Nicholas and Santa Claus stuff come from? Yeah. Because at this point, it's just a huge amalgamation of all these different things. Right. Um, so the Yule Tom 10. So this is where this will start. So originally it was the Yule Bakken. Yule being Yule and Bakken being goat, the, ah. the Yuletide goat. And it was originally thought to be a one of Thor's goats from, from a Norse mythology who pulled his chariot. And it was gift-giving during a winter holiday season. And in some traditions, it left gifts. And other traditions, offerings were left for it. But then, in the 1850s, American Santa just infected the entire world. <laughs> And ruined everything for these local cultures. <laughs> of course. Jule Balkan got adjusted into something closer to the St. Nicholas or Santa character called Yul Tomten. Tomtens are spirits of the land most commonly personified as gnomes. Oh, nice. Uh, and. uh And they have a lot of the same, very, uh, we'll say, Santa Claus's features. In that they are round of face, and they've got long white beards and pointed hats, and they're dressed in red, very Santa Claus-ish. And Yulekontonkin comes and delivers these gifts on Christmas Eve, uh, and in exchange, uh, they give him something, which will be part of my game later, which is exciting. (laughs) Gotcha. Um, So that's that's
1: Yulekontonkin in Sweden. Love the name Yulekonton. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Yule tom-ton. Not to be concerned with you'll the Yule goat
1: or the Yule in which you stay inside if you're feeling cold. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so then you got St. Nicholas, like the main guy that Santa Claus is primarily based off of. But who was he really? Uh, St. Nicholas was a Catholic bishop of Greek descent. He was at the Council of Nicaea and died in the mid 300 ACs. Hmm. Where he was buried, though, a relic appeared. Some glowing liquid started showing up at his grave. People called it manna and started rubbing it on themselves and Ooh. said it cured a bunch of ailments. Yikes. And that is how he got his huge following.
1: <laughs> was because of this manna stuff at his grave. So he didn't really do anything during his life to make him that important?
0: Uh, he had some importance. He was he was uh, in the Catholic Church at a time of really great persecution. Mm-hmm. In that regard. Um, but the the stories that kind of made him famous came kind of later on.
1: Well, I will say real quickly, yeah. though, that the Council of Nicaea is the one who basically put the current version of the Bible together. So that's a pretty big deal that Santa Claus was there to put the Bible together. <laughs> that's right. Santa
0: Claus was there.
1: <laughs> that's nuts.
0: Um, so this the sort of idea of him as a gift giver, giver and a patron of children came about from two different sources. Uh, there was a poor man with three daughters. Uh, But he couldn't afford a dowry for any of them because he was so poor. And he was going to be forced to sell them off into slavery when they came of age. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Very different
1: time. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So on three different occasions on the night of St. Nicholas's feast, feast day, uh, in his shoes outside, a golden ball was put in his shoes, giving him the dowry he needed. And he was able to marry off all
1: three of his daughters. Because of course, these Catholic bishops were very rich. (laughs) <laughs> so that's, so that's where
0: this gift giving mm. sort of motif came from in iconography, the balls, the golden balls became oranges, which is why oranges are associated with St. Nicholas ah. and why every stocking I have had my entire life has had an orange inside of it. Wow. Me
1: never. I never, that at all.
0: Huh? Oh man. Every, every year orange in the toe. Were either of your there parents Catholic of St. Nicholas's golden balls? No, but my mom loves christian and religious iconography
1: gotcha gotcha
0: um so a few hundred years later saint nicholas has this huge following in the city of mira is where the church of saint nicholas is it's his church Hmm. on his feast day it gets raided by pirates they steal a bunch of stuff from the church and a pirate king takes this boy as his slave and cupbearer and runs off they, they don't return the kid a year goes by it's it's St. Nicholas's feast day again the next year the parents are mourning that their son is never coming back there's a knock on the door and who is it it's their son still holding the pirate king's cup and when they ask him what happened he says oh yeah, St. Nicholas came and got me and brought me home
1: okay
0: And so that is where this like patron sainthood of children and protection of children came. That's it. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Uh, That's
0: nuts. Right. How crazy is that? (laughs) Um, And then father Christmas, I got to talk about this for our our British listeners uh, is the English personification of Christmas. But for the longest time, he really wasn't a gift giver. Hmm. Um, from the late Victorian on, he was mostly an adult winter feast and was almost like a drinking buddy kind of feel. And it wasn't until the 1850s that gift-giving American Santa infected him <laughs> and that he became a children's figure like all the other Santa figures.
1: Oh, goodness. How did the Americans and, get that aversion of him?
0: Uh, there was a... Uh, A very popular American book or printed magazine sort of thing. Oh, gosh. I can't remember the title. But um, they really defined what Christmas was. They were the first people to, like, show a fully decorated Christmas tree. Oh, wow. That became, like, the visual standard for what a a decorated Christmas tree should look like. They are the first ones that um, depicted Santa, sort of as this older character, surrounded by little sprightly elves. Mm. as his helpers like this like American mag. I wish I could remember the name this American magazine is who like defined a lot of what Christmas
1: is that's insane that it can because, come from that one because source because
0: it, it was like this one source that everyone
1: tried to copy and this who what, what person created that one image you have to imagine like they, they had no idea they'd be responsible right, such a giant that thing that they
0: created Christmas elves
1: and of course Coca-Cola helped along that image later on and-
0: right well Coca-Cola kind of took everything they took all the best of and made one American icon. And that was like the, the American white bearded, jolly cheat. Yeah. Red ants Santa. Interesting. Who lives at the North pole, which is not always the case uh, in places like Denmark. He shows up, I think in, in like late November on a steamboat.
1: <laughs> Interesting.
0: And they always say he comes from Spain. And once again, that's because, uh, Oranges are associated with Saint Nicholas and in like the like the ancient, like the feudal era or whatever, uh, or, oranges almost exclusively came out of Spain. Oh, So it's like, oh, yeah, Saint Nicholas is from Spain. He comes in on a steamboat.
1: <laughs> it makes about as much sense as anything else about Santa Claus.
0: Right. But that's the thing. The Santa that we know now is just this amalgamation of all these different visuals from all these different places. And Santa, kind of Santa Claus sounds Santa. very
1: German, very... Uh...
0: Well, that's where it comes from. It comes from Germanic language uh, Sanct, which is Saint and right. "Klaus." Sanct Claus. So it
1: just became Santa Claus. And then why was it Claus? Or, or why was it not Nicholas or something?
0: Oh, Sanct, uh, what was it? Sankt Niklas. There we go. Sanct
1: oh, Niklas. It go. came from that. That makes so much more sense. Sanct Niklas. I never knew this stuff. That's amazing. Yeah. And so it just became Santa Claus. There we go. Santa Claus. So that's the reason for the
0: season, and now we have another incarnation, Krampus.
1: Yes. Do you have a, a little history rundown of Krampus before we get into our film? No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did It would have been the easy score, and I didn't.
1: <laughs> well, I do happen to know a little bit about it. I mean, we we know from the film and from looking at a few things about the film that Krampus is, uh, I think, an Austrian uh, invention. It kind of went out from there, and it's a The dark side the dark shadow of of Santa Claus but not necessarily evil in other traditions but just that he would Krampus would kidnap children who were bad and put them into his sack and uh, kidnap them for a while but it wasn't like they were going to die or he's going to maim them or something but it was just a matter of like you don't want to be kidnapped by the Krampus if you're a bad kid so that was more along the lines of what happened with that but so we're going to watch Krampus the uh, 2000 what was the year 15 2015 film All right, Steve, so what exactly happens in this film, Krampus?
0: So it's about a little boy and his family getting ready for the holiday angst as their extended family comes to visit. Nobody gets along. They fight. They make underhanded comments at each other, and it ends with the little boy's letter to Santa being read aloud by his mocking cousins. And then he says he hates them and he hates Christmas. He makes a silent wish, which causes a storm to come that takes out the family's power. His sister goes out uh, to make it to her boyfriend's house, but something uh, captures her along the way. The family is tormented by unseen things, uh, seemingly trying to separate them. Uh, The family is, they try to like grab kids through the chimney. It's ultra scary. And then toys that were delivered come to life, come to life and attack them. A huge Jack in the box tries to capture the children, all of this culminates in with elves breaking into the house and forcibly stealing the ant and the baby, uh, only for them to make a break for it. Uh into the road. The the parents are picked off one by one till at the end it's just the little boy and his mean cousin who read his letter out loud. Uh he go the the, the cousin gets captured and he goes and finds Krampus opening a portal to hell. Mm-hmm. Tossing his family in, and then goes and apologizes and says he wants his family back. But guess what? Krampus doesn't give a crap <laughs> and he throws him right down in that hole. He wakes up the next morning, goes down, oh, it's Christmas morning. It's snowy outside his extended family's down there. Must all have just been a bad dream. But then he, as he opens his cre- present inside is a a bell that was left for his grandmother, which also experienced who also experienced Krampus in her youth. And the whole family sort of realizes that they're all kind of stuck in Christmas hell
1: or are they
0: out and they're in a snow globe in Krampus's collection, one of hundreds or thousands even.
1: Absolutely. Um, and we should mention this film stars, uh, Adam Scott from, uh, parks and recreation theme thing. Tony Collette. Tony Collette's wonderful. I love her and everything.
0: Wonderful. Uh, Contrada Ferrall. Farrell who played Aunt Dorothy who's a great character actress that you will recognize from something
1: oh yeah you'll see her face okay look her up uh David Koechner Who's in Anchorman and lots of other things? A
0: jerk, uncle, brother-in-law. It's like a, a role he was born to
1: play. It's the Randy Quaid from the Christmas uh, Vacation movie, basically. <laughs> oh man, but
0: but I don't. But I like this character so much better. Oh,
1: he's he's, he's great. He's like he's a very Republican, very annoying, like mo- uh, like toxic male. And all male. the kid
0: actors did really well. They the did. The main kid actor Max carried well.
1: Grandmother was great. Some uh, German speaking actress plays the grandmother who had experienced Krampus long ago and she speaks German for most of the film. She's, she's really good.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, so great cast. You're absolutely right. Right. Um, Some other things I really liked about this movie. Great mood swings, Hmm. high highs, low lows, uh, the, the toys and, and like the, the gingerbread men attacking were scary and very visceral. While at the same time, it was almost Looney Tune-ish in its execution mm-hmm. and kept it from eking into full horror, which that, I
1: really appreciate. That will lead into the problem I have with the movie, but I can hold on to that till okay. later if you want. If you want, I'll hold on to
0: it. No, more. no, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it.
1: Well, I watched it with my girlfriend, you know, only a few hours ago um, and. We had heard a lot about this movie, especially from our friends, John and Lynn, who actually watch this movie every year now. It's a tradition for them to watch it. And they are horror movie aficionados like their house is decked out. They love Joe Bob Briggs, who hosts like the, you know, the the Dine-In movie. The was those. Remember he hosts those?
0: Yeah, I vaguely
1: remember. Yeah. Well, now he's back on the shutter um, streaming service, which is just horror movies. Anyways, they're like horror aficionados. They love this movie. And so we're expecting a lot. So we had high expectations. But. We think this movie just had a lot of trouble finding where it wanted to be. And we didn't find it scary. So I mean we didn't find it that funny. So it like but it was entertaining. Like we got through it and we were entertained. But like it was supposed to be like a horror comedy, but the horror parts didn't really scare us, and the comedy parts weren't that funny. So I was just like eh. And so like that exemplifies what you said there that these um these toys that attack them and stuff were Kind of scary, but also kind of funny because like they're ridiculous toys that have these ridiculous faces. So it's like it didn't really fit in either of those categories for me. I don't know. I don't know how you felt about that.
0: Well, I think what you were feeling is something else that I was going to comment on um, is that uh, it it was a horror film built as a comedy from a structural perspective. Right. And what I mean by that is that they didn't mount the tension the way it would be mounted in a typical horror film, mm-hmm. there would be smaller engagements. There would be more chances to reset. And the clearest example of this is when the adults split up, and uh, like the the jerk uncle brother in law takes the shotgun and goes to the kitchen, and he fights all of the the gingerbread cookies, men, yeah, the gingerbread men, and the other adults go upstairs and they have their own encounter. That's like splitting the group up is like a, is like a comedy trope, not a, you know, I know that people split off in horror movies. That's because they get murdered. Right. In this case, nothing reset. We saw these two things happen side by side, whereas they could have encountered the cookies. Had that been a close call, had a reset and then escalated with the toys, had a reset and then escalated with the elves, had a reset and then escalated with Krampus. That's how a horror movie would have escalated. And but I by guess putting things out, they made it like a comedy.
1: Yeah, it's like, but it was set like a comedy. And I think something I read about it was that he wanted the first 30 minutes to feel like a, just a regular heartwarming Christmas movie, which was kind of true. It was like, oh, the angry, or the family pisses us off. But we're all here for Christmas. and We got a boy riding to Santa Claus. And then once he shreds that letter up, the whole thing changes into suddenly it's now a darker situation. Um, and I really actually was legitimately feeling some. Fear when I or how cool it looked when you first see Krampus jumping from roof to roof when the girls walking a down the visual. street. A good very visual. good visual, very good CGI, but like it looked really real and creepy and dark. And then the rest of it n- never got that creepy again. It kind of just always was like, what the hell? It's like a weird like jack in the box uh, clown thing. That's not really. Oh, man,
0: that see the, the, that I thought was great. Like that clown thing was so. It was
1: weird. That's for sure.
0: Tangible and so
1: scary and creepy. I just loved it. It helps that it's all practical, though. I appreciated that.
0: Oh, it was almost all practical. Yeah. yeah
1: all practical effects. Except the, except the and of the things <laughs> that weren't
0: practical like the Gingerbread Man, they purposely made them more cartoony. And so it just worked.
1: Yeah. They were like the more like the scary shits up in the attic and the, the cartoony, ridiculous. Uh,
0: it's down in the kitchen. Yeah. Down in the kitchen. Uh, great animated interlude.
1: Oh, that was very interesting. I like that. In
0: lieu of a true flashback showing the grandmother's encounter with Krampus when she was a child, when her family was taken,
1: it was like stop motion animation or something. It was really good. Yeah,
0: or something similar. Yeah, um, that that was great. Um, and you know me, I love a I love a horror or sci fi or fantasy film where they commit to an ending. Mm-hmm. It is not up for a debate. They made a choice. Krampus got them. And has enslaved them in this snow globe in his collection. Well, is the ending of the film.
1: I will disagree with you there. So okay, here's a, a trivia I just found, and on the says uh, the movie's ambiguous ending has spawned two fan theories: that the Angles and their family are trapped in the snow globe, condemned to repeat Christmas morning for eternity in a twisted version of hell. That's one you're subscribing to, I, I assume. Yes. Or two, they were given a second chance, and the snow globe is Krampus's means of watching over them. And although the writer-director Michael Doherty, who also did Trick or Treat, as we have mentioned, has refused to confirm which theory is true, the tie-in comic book, Shadow of St. Nicholas, confirms the happy ending is the true one. The comic has uh, murdered characters resurrected without any hint of a twist, showing that Krampus is willing to give people a second chance as long as they prove they've learned their lesson. So unlike his ooh, grandmother, ooh. unlike his grandmother, Max was brave enough to confront Krampus and prove he'd learned his lesson, which is why Max has and his family returned to the grandmother's, but didn't, or where the grandmother's family didn't return. Um, uh, but yeah, so that's it's it's a possible interpretation, and ooh, the, the comic didn't say no, that they're in hell. No, <laughs> you like it better if they're in hell.
0: Um, and I liked that that Krampus was present and and in, in like sort of an ominous threat throughout, but they still managed to save
1: him. What do you
0: for the end?
1: Oh yeah, they don't show his face until the end, that kind of thing.
0: Right, right, right. like I I appreciated that he was there, he was present. There were signs of him, there were all the things around him happening, but they didn't get to him and actually show him in full until the end. I really appreciated that.
1: And what I appreciate, which I didn't fully understand because it didn't quite look that way until I read the notes in the movie, is that he's wearing a Santa Claus mask. So that's what that is. That's not his face. So we don't ever see. Krampus's real face. It's just a twisted, weird Santa Claus mask. That's why he has the beard coming down and a human like face on him. But that's not what he looks like. And I was like, no, oh, like
0: goat devil kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And like when I saw that, no, like that makes it a lot creepier. I just wasn't clear that that wasn't just a bad prosthetic, but no, that's like just a bad Santa Claus mask. He's like mocking Santa Claus, which I thought was really cool. I thought that was really interesting. Um,
0: but now I, so it sounds like I got more out of this film than you did. That being said, I love a good horror comedy like Gremlin. This is now like kind of in my book with Gremlins.
1: Yeah, it's a feel he wanted to go for it. Apparently, Doherty wanted to go for the 80s feel of of films.
0: That was great. And, and he captured me in that regard, no doubt.
1: He even petitioned uh, Universal to allow him to use the 80s logo for the Universal Studios, and they refused wow. him that. So he, he wasn't allowed to do that. But he really wanted to make it feel like an 80s film. So you, you're right. I guess he mission accomplished because you got that kind he of reminiscent feel. Yeah, in
0: that regard, he did it. Um, but I, I, I enjoy the humor. I think
1: the aunt is great. She really is probably the best part of the She's film. She's so terrible and wonderful. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, come on, kids. I'm gonna show you how to make peppermint schnapps.
1: All right, you can have some. Just don't rat on me, okay? Don't <laughs> tell your parents. Um,
0: the The Tony Clote, the Adam Scott, the, the tension between the parents and the under all that just felt so correct and like something we've all experienced. And so because of that, I felt even more warped in.
1: Well, that's why I would always, I would it's definitely like recommend crazy. this film as opposed to not saying I didn't like it because I did like it because Adam Scott and Tony Collette were just amazing. And like they, they were are good, serious actors, especially Tony Collette. Like she doesn't do non-serious films like this very often. And it's still a very she make, takes it very seriously. So when she's fighting these ridiculous creatures, she takes it totally seriously. And so it makes it believable. And so you you care about these characters because of them. So I agree I with am. that.
0: Oh, great. Well, I think that overall, I may, maybe we don't agree that Krampus deserves the big cult following it has, but I'll take anything that's not a standard Christmas film at Christmas time.
1: I can agree with that. Yes, it's very different. And I'll take anything. And I think the Doherty, the director just made some interesting, unique choices It's a unique film. And so I will give him that like, there's nothing standard about this at all. Like, it's very cool. It's interesting. Um, I don't think it was very funny. I don't think it was very scary, but it was interesting and entertaining. that makes sense
0: okay no that's fair yeah
1: (laughs) so a little trivia about this uh movie here uh krampus is a huge part of austrian and german folklore in austria and southern germany they have krampus runs where grown-up men dress as krampuses and parade through the city streets and scare children (laughs) Mm. (laughs) just like they do here with the the santa claus conventions um Max's mom alludes to the, the noodle incident that estranged the family from a neighboring one. Uh, the noodle incident was often referred to but never explained in the Calvin and Hobbes cartoon strip, and Krampus also leaves it unexplained. So hmm. that's where that came from, randomly uh, referenced to Calvin Hobbes. Nice. Um, let's see here. The snow on the ground was made from material that's usually used for diapers. So basically the snow was diapers in this movie. Nice. Uh, 95% of this movie was shot on the soundstage. The only part that wasn't was that beginning shot uh, with the store where everyone's going crazy in slow motion. Oh,
0: that makes sense.
1: Uh, Seth Green voices Lumpy, the gingerbread man. It was randomly Uh, Seth Green. (laughs) Uh, Many of Krampus's minions are also real Christmas slash winter folk figures in European cultures. Um, such as the Yule goat, as you kind of mentioned, actually, earlier. Yeah, uh, booking. Yep. The creatures with Icelandic names are all named after the Icelandic Yule lads who are said to visit homes each of the 12 nights before Christmas. Uh, one of the few notes they received more than once in the studio was to cut back on the baby crying, because apparently if the baby cried more, they would have gotten a rated R rating,
0: <laughs> which is
1: huh, nuts. This, like what's infant, a PG-13 movie, folks? Peril. What was that? Like
0: infant peril. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) But yeah, it's PG-13, but they push some boundaries here with the PG-13. The gingerbread cookie that is lowered down the chimney is attached to a hook. Meat hook, or ketrakur in Icelandic, is one of Iceland's 13 Yule lads who carries a meat hook, which he lowers down chimneys in order to steal meats smoking on the fire for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) He visits on December 23rd, the same night Howie is taken when he falls from the gingerbread trap. So that was a direct reference to a random Yule lad right. from Iceland, which I thought was interesting. Uh, but yeah, there's, uh, there's uh, Krampus, folks. You should watch it. It's a good time. It really is. All right.
0: So German, I've got a little game for you. Fantastic. And it's called Santa's Got a Brand New Snack, where <laughs> I am going to name the snack, and you're going to have to guess the country. All right. They leave it out for Santa on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day.
1: So name the country where this happens.
0: Yes, and I will give you a clue. All of these but one are in Europe. Okay, (laughs) that helps. Uh, Yeah, and I'll get the non-Europe one out of the way first. How about that? Perfect, even better. Okay, are you ready to play? Santa's got a brand new snack. Oh, yeah. All right, this country leaves out cookies and beer.
1: Not in Europe, cookies and beer. I'm going to go with... Hmm. Not in Europe. That really fucks it up for me. Russia. Would you like a clue? I went with Russia. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry.
0: I'm going to give you the clue: cookies and beer.
1: Oh, Australia. <laughs> yes, Australia. Woo! All right.
0: Now we are on to European countries. Okay. All right. Porridge and schnapps.
1: Porridge and schnapps. Uh, probably Germany? Uh, it's Sweden. Oh. So I'm hoping, for, while
0: I'm playing Yule Thompson, that I will receive porridge and schnapps.
1: Sounds great to me. All right. Rice pudding. Rice pudding in Europe. Um, mm. It's a warm, lovely bowl of rice pudding. That does not sound pleasant at all. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Wales. Ooh. Denmark. Oh.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right.
0: This European country gives handwritten letters to Santa. Hand- oh, I thought a lot of European. Nice countries nice handwritten that. letters, and then they then Santa leaves gifts. Um
1: let's go with um, um Europe. Uh, Europe. I didn't think Denmark was it is Europe, I guess. Um it's definitely Europe. <laughs> Let's go with Sweden. No, because Sweden was porridge and schnapps. Ah, shit. Uh, Germany.
0: Little German children. (laughs) I said Germany earlier. Damn it. Nice handwritten letters to Santa.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. We get the idea.
0: All right. right. Guinness and mince pie.
1: Oh, that's got to be Ireland.
0: Ireland. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Now, this is the last one. (laughs) Okay. They just leave out hay. Wow. Just for the reindeer. They really care about reindeer. Okay, reindeer. Um Greenland? No, very close. The Netherlands.
1: Oh.
0: But you were in the right mental space. They really care about reindeer.
1: Yeah, be up up north somewhere. Head. Okay.
0: Hell with that fat bastard. For <laughs> the reindeer, okay.
1: That's all we care about.
0: All right. And that Santa's got a brand new snack.
1: And that brings us to our old segment you might remember called Radical Recommends.
0: If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I
1: do? I recommend Pleasant. All right, Steve, what you got for us this week, this year? Well, this week, my
0: Radical <laughs> Recommend is the thing that I got for Jarman for Christmas, which he is going to open live for Radical Recommend.
1: Oh, my God. I got to go grab it right now. It's right outside the door. Gosh darn
0: it. Here it is. <laughs> All right. The first live present podcast opening. We didn't think this through, folks. And now listen to three minutes of Jarman's struggle with a box. <laughs> Hear the majestic sounds of nature.
1: I feel like you were saying stuff while I was gone.
0: Probably.
1: So Steve sent me a Christmas gift, which is incredibly nice. Because um, I'm too poe to send him a Christmas gift. So, That's okay. Here we go. It's a big...
0: You'll have money someday, and then I'll
1: take you. <laughs> it's here. a big Amazon Prime package. You can hear the opening sound effects. Right. And I see some air pocket packages. There's one packages. for you,
0: and there's one for Jolie.
1: I don't know what this is. Alright, there's two gray boxes in here. Yes. It says... It says... Coop Home Goods on it. Co- co-op. Co-op Home Goods. Oh, co-op. Okay, we got it. I, I don't know what that means yet. I'm trying to open it, but I'm fat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's probably in there pretty tight, if I remember correctly. Oh,
1: it says sleep with co-op. Be different. Be unique. Ooh, there's some kind of memory phone. Be asleep. Pillow it's a pillow
0: so it is the co-op home goods adjustable loft pillow what? it should come with an extra bag of filling so it that did? you can make it firm or less firm as you need
1: oh my goodness steve uh, you're gonna fluff that
0: in a dryer i think they give instructions. i think it's like it's like no heat or air dry for 20 minutes or something like that just read the instructions oh yes it'll fluff it out real nice
1: before you use your co-op pillow, put your pillow in the dryer and low for 10 to 15 minutes with a couple of dryer sheets. This allows a pillow it's to expand. It's going to have a
0: little bit of a plasticky smell for one to two days. It's just the reality.
1: Oh, if yeah. you put it one of those allergy covers, it should be fine. You won't smell it. Okay. Uh,
0: it's like a hug for your head. I have never been happier with a pillow. Oh, my god. It's going to feel a little bit voluminous the first couple of nights, but honestly, you will get used to it because you'll just fall in love with it.
1: Yeah, this is a gesture pillow. You can be your side sleeper. You can use as is. Back sleeper, take about a fourth of the foam out. Stomach sleeper, take about a third of the foam out. I'm a side sleeper, so I don't have to do anything. (laughs) That's great.
0: (laughs) And then as it compacts down, you can put in more foam if you want. They send extra foam with it. Or they did with ours. Yeah,
1: it's right there. Yep, I see it. That's amazing, Steve. Thank you. Sleep,
0: Mary, whatever the hell. The other one is Jolie. You can can make her weight if you want.
1: Oh no, it's amazing because uh, she will she has trouble with her pillow a lot. So this is actually perfect.
0: Perfect. They're the best pillows that that we have ever had. Is it easy to take the stuff out of the pillow? Yeah, there's just a zip thing.
1: I wish they were our sponsors right now. We're talking them up so much. Co- but yeah, co-op uh, I, pillows. My radical
0: recommend is the co-op home goods adjustable loft pillow. Well, <laughs> oh, thank you so it's much. It's a little Steve. bit more. It's a little bit pricier, <laughs> but remember, you sleep on it every night. That's, take care of yourself. Sleep is important. That's
1: true. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And you mean,
0: prioritize a third of your life, what are you doing?
1: I appreciate it, Steve. Thank you so much. Well,
0: Mary, whatever
1: the hell. A live gift opening. That's what everyone wants to see on YouTube, right, is box that's openings. That's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're like ventriloquists on the radio, just yeah. pointless.
1: Right no, I'm serious. Like People watch gift openings on YouTube, and people make millions of dollars opening boxes on YouTube. Oh, yeah. I don't understand that, but thank um, you so, so much. That's
0: bro. my radical recommend, and I recommend it so much that I gifted you.
1: I appreciate that. I'm going to. Tr- I decided to try it out after we do it in the fluffer in the dryer for a while. Yeah.
0: Oh, it'll get even more expanded. It's so. It's so beautiful. You're going to love it.
1: I <laughs> yeah, love. it. I'm excited. Well, I, my radical recommend is not a gift for Steve, but maybe it is. Maybe he'll try this out. Um, right. So it during this during the pandemic, uh, I re- I discovered, kind of rediscovered, this thing called Pluto TV, which uh, yeah. you have you heard of Pluto TV, Steve. No. So it came out a long time ago when streaming services were first kind of happening and it became an app on things you could get like Roku and uh, more so an app on your phone originally. And it was it's basically like a return to cable TV kind of because it's just a bunch. You have a TV when you open the app, you have a TV guide in front of you like you would with the old guide channels on your on your cable box and you pick what channel you want to go to and you can watch TV for free. There's no price for it. There's not a paid version of it where there's no ads. There's just you're going to watch commercials, but there's not very many. And the cool thing is it's basically taken tons of retro television and thrown it 24 hours a day on each channel. So you have 24 hours a day, Adam's family, 24 hours a day, Bob Ross, uh, 24 hours a day, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Um, there's hundreds of channels and, and Antiques Roadshow is one of the channels <laughs> um, oh yeah lots of decent movies on here too movies, uh, so there's a there's a sci-fi channel for movies, westerns um, every genre of movies you could want and they have some recent movies and older movies um, and Star- they've got
0: things like Walking Dead on here,
1: Star Trek channel 24 Hours Wisconsin's of Star Trek
0: Creek, Star Trek Next Generation
1: yep, Doctor Who classic 24 uh, hour channel which is pretty awesome uh but yeah it's it's free there's like maybe two commercials for every commercial break that's it so it's like a minute of commercials and it goes right back to the show um and it's just i know it's ridiculous because we're kind of we went full circle back from watching commercials to streaming to not having commercials to now going back to something like pluto um, tv central
0: has a channel on here
1: cnn has a channel i believe where they do like top stories of the day kind of I thing they've got kid stuff oh, i'm always looking for more places for kids stuff there you go Um, Keenan and Kel.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. What year is it? There's
1: an MTV reality dating channel. I think it's just for dating reality shows 24 hours a day. It's just there's ridiculous stuff on here and a lot of classic shows you'll love. Uh, There's a Johnny Carson 24 hour channel. Um, It's and it's free. It's completely free. Um, And it's just been a great thing. We turn on at night. We've been doing Bob Ross before we go to sleep at night because it's so relaxing. Um, And it's just been a good way to fall asleep at night. So I recommend everybody check it out. Pluto TV and tons
0: of on demand stuff too, like bigger movies, like arrival and
1: shooter and catch me. If you can really crazy! I didn't It'd realize crazy, they had a yeah. uh, on demand stuff. Interesting.
0: I just went to Pluto TV. Huh? There you go. And at the top, there's a thing that says on demand.
1: Well, it's pretty much on every streaming device you have like a fire stick or, um, Roku, that kind of thing. Um, playstation
0: well, in an age where people are streaming more and more and i just had to pay for unlimited internet this week
1: uh yeah this is great go for it man so that's our radical recommend. so now that brings us to our wonderful thank you segment i'm gonna play this music i don't care what happens
0: yeah I like what we're gonna do demonetize us from not being monetized
1: <laughs> exactly
0: oh no we got a strike you can't <laughs> get tired <trying>. watch <laughs> this will be the one with a co-op Hello, people yeah. Like, oh, man, we got to sponsor you guys and then we get flagged and we can't take it. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> It'll happen. We'll see. So we have a nice large thank you section here because we can't Extra do this on our much. other shows. So we want to just thank people for the year 2020 and just throw it out there to you folks.
0: Yeah. A lot of our listeners and fellow co-podcast hosts and distant yeah. podcast cousin hosts have had a big impact on us and what we do here and we've guested on their shows they've guested on ours we've got longtime listeners that have been with us for years now
1: yeah and so of course we have to throw, throw out our usual suspects here of yeah. uh, Sean Vanderloo Paul Wright and Daniel Peter Hitch who are uh, hosting shows like the Rusted Robot, Soul Forge podcast, uh, the Temporal Trek podcast, and of course, the they're, all, Pizza. they're all together now in Cosmic Pizza podcast. So check that out, folks. It's amazing. It's a really good show. They do deep dives. They've done great interviews recently with um, really cool people, comedians. Um, they did a conspiracy theory episode recently. Um, it's just, it's really fun. So check out Cosmic Pizza. They do a lot more research than we typically do on our show. That's right. They do.
0: Uh, we got Ryan from Positively Nerdy, one of our old school listeners who disappeared a long time ago. We hope he's OK. But if not, we, we remember hope. you.
1: Uh, and We hope he's OK. We also have uh, Mike Crate or at Jarek on Twitter and the who Gatecast.
0: He retweets everything.
1: Mike, you're, you're great. And thank you so much for listening all this time. And uh, I recently listened to an episode. I think it was Russ of Robot where I heard you do record an MP3 as well. I'm like, I heard his voice for the first time. That was great. So that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we also want to thank uh, a lot of our longtime listeners here, Josh White, Kevin Makochi, Ian Cohen, and Patrick Kaczynski, and my brother, Joe Bond, who's been listening a lot recently. Thanks for being listeners to our shows. You guys are great.
0: Uh, thanks for people that are taking in our new shows, Mubitrac, uh Real Opposition, and Sappy Crap. Yeah. We've enjoyed sharing different aspects of this original show with you in those formats. And are going to keep bringing it to you.
1: And like we promised, we'll come back occasionally with the show as we just did just now. So don't worry, guys. We'll be back again. And
0: more importantly, uh, I think we want to thank our moms.
1: Oh, my goodness. Karen,
0: Patricia. Who continue to listen year over year and tell us that we're special and different from all the other white guys who found microphones.
1: Absolutely. And thank you to my mom for supporting me throughout this whole process of not only podcasting, but voiceovers. I wouldn't be here without you and your support. And for all your immigration needs for the U.S., go to SilzerLaw.com. SilzerLaw Chartered. Silser law Chartered at SilzerLaw.com. And uh, two little last thank yous for me is just to Sina Alvarado and the original cast of the 10 Forward podcast. Because Because without you guys, I wouldn't have really been sucked into the indie podcasting world. Um, And you guys inspired me to think about podcasting. And then I went to Stephen's brother's wedding and we joked around about starting a podcast. And that's how this whole thing started. It just happened. Yeah, that's right. And also my lovely girlfriend, Jolie, thank you for supporting me too throughout this whole crap. And like, like Steve actually just joked, I had written down, thanks for letting me a straight cisgendered white guy who stereotypically wants to have a podcast and not judging me too harshly for that because it's pretty stereotypical.
0: That's but. right. It's, I mean, it's very stereotypical. I guess I like <laughs> thank my wife, too, who sponsors this podcast every time we do it by oh my watching the baby while the ba- we're recording. The two kids. Just in that act,
1: she has earned a sainthood. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She's she's put those those kids under control so many times while we're recording. So thank you, Anna. Thank you so much. That's right.
0: (laughs) Uh, So I think that that's wraps it up for the play on nerds network for the year. We're going to come back in the New York, take a couple of weeks off. Yeah. Relax. Enjoy a little bit of holiday vacation.
1: And we'll see you in 2021 where hopefully it'll be a better year for everybody. That's right.
0: And as always. We'll keep coming back and being your nerdy co-hosts if you keep on coming back and being our nerdy audience.
1: Thanks again, internet. Stay nerdy, my friends.
0: Thanks for listening to a play on nerds. Find all of this content and even more nerdy news, reviews, and fun
1: at www.aplayonnerds.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so you know the exact second we release new podcasts, articles, and other nerdy content. We know you're impatient. Subscribe to us on iTunes,
0: Podbean, Buzzsprout, Podomatic, and Whatever the hell else you use.
1: Also, please leave us a rating and review on your chosen podcast platform so we can be discovered by even more nerds like yourself. However you do it, check us out. And how. Testing, testing. One, two, three.
0: Chick check, chickeny check, check chick check, 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 chicken Jeru, rocking Ricky Rialto, voice of Kingston Falls, USA.
1: It's time for Johnny and the Douche. <laughs> I'm Johnny. <laughs> I'm the Douche. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm straight laced, <laughs> and I'm the crazy one. Whoa. I wash the dishes, <laughs> and
1: I shit on them. <laughs>
0: That seems excessive.
1: <laughs> That's my middle name. <laughs> I thought it was Gabriel. Oh, Gabriel, excessive douche. That's my name. Yeah.
0: That is excessive.
1: <laughs> You're right. <laughs> oh my god! <gosh>. All right. <laughs> <laughs>